If you're listening and you have ADHD, you have enough in your life going on to derail you. It is okay for you to weed your garden and get rid of people or circumstances or situations or events that also derail you. You're worth that. Hi, I'm David. Maybe something about my story will sound familiar to you. I was a business owner working in marketing who had somehow managed to make it all the way to my 40s before I discovered that the thing that was torpedoing my world was ADHD. So I went on a quest. I was looking for a coach and I found the amazing Dana Rayburn. I saw such dramatic results that I thought more people need a dose of Dana in their lives. And... The Kick Some ADHD podcast was born. Hey, Dana. Hey, David. That doesn't work for me. <laughs> David, are you practicing setting and enforcing boundaries? How did I do? How did it sound? That it sounded a little rigid to me. It was a little forced. Because you didn't even know what I wanted you to do. And I didn't know what I was protecting you from, what boundary you were crossing. I was just practicing those words. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Good. Because we're going to practice our boundary statements later on in the call. Yes. Yes, we are. But this is episode 159 because last week was 158. You're very good. David, you're so smart. I know, right? But in (laughs) in that one, 158, we talked about boundaries and why there's an overlap between people who struggle setting and protecting boundaries and those who have ADHD. (laughs) Exactly. And remember from last week, boundaries are rules and guidelines for us to follow for how we want to be treated and how we want to act and how we all that stuff. We want healthy boundaries. They're clear and communicated. And... That though boundaries can be hard for anyone to set, we believe with ADHD that are extra challenges. And if you want to know more, please go back and listen to 159. 158. Because 158, sorry. That's the one prior to this one, which is 159. But yes, yeah. no, I appreciate you doing the recap there, Dana. We got into the topic and we talked about all the different uh, you know facets of, of boundaries, but we decided this week we would talk about what it actually looks like to set and protect healthy boundaries. And so we're going to we're going to do that. Yeah, and also we realized that a lot of times we hadn't even clarified our boundaries or maybe we had an inkling, we felt overwhelmed or resentful or we didn't take ourselves seriously whatever, but we really hadn't thought through our boundaries. No, it's true. And yeah. this is the thing that we obviously need to start with. You can't just state something when it's not clear <laughs> in your exactly. own mind. Otherwise, exactly. it's not going to go well. Now, David, one thing that I was realizing also is is when I was training to be a coach, I, I don't know if you know that I trained two tracks, ADHD coaching spe- specialized specialization and also just general life coaching specialization. The life coaching specialization at Coach U, we did a lot of work on boundaries. Oh, really? And so I created, I must have them somewhere around here, these whole lists of boundaries, and, and but I haven't looked at them since. Mm, so you created so, them all, you wrote them all down, they were clear, but you never yeah, set them? I set them, and some of them I do enforce. Okay. However, that was a whole bunch of years ago. Yeah, yeah. And I, all, I realized writing this is, oh, we probably need to revisit our boundaries. When we feel oh, that man. inkling, when something is off, that's a sign we got to look at this again. Yeah. Because some and- of them I'm really clear about. And, I, and, and every, yeah, 
Yeah. I appreciate you bringing this up because because it, as a as a professional and for many years you know this Dana I owned a business where I was consulting for people all the time, and I actually had very clear boundaries with clients. They knew when they could contact me. They knew what methods they could use and what methods they could not use, and they knew for what purpose they could contact me. Like, and I'll give you an example. Text messaging to me was not a permissible method of contact. If you're contacting me via a text message, it is not a business-related conversation. Because if you need a business-related conversation, that has to happen in a medium where I can track it, follow up on it, remember it, all those things. And I would just tell people, look, if you text me, I may never see it. And that means you have not actually contacted me. So don't come complaining to me if you had an emergency or a crisis or a business thing and you sent me a text message instead of doing what you were told. David, I violate that boundary all the time with you. Well, you're not my client, you know. Okay. But that's okay. different. And see, that's pr- yeah, that's a whole different thing. But that's I'm my point. So like, I, I'm so sorry. I'm so No, no, no. You're fine. It, but that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like is you like, talk, I, I, I'm going to cry in the court. <laughs> I had clear boundaries set for professional purposes. But it had never dawned on me that I needed to train my friends and family and other people how to treat me. That hadn't occurred to me. We talked about that last week to some degree. But that was that was something. And, I, and I'm like, why did I have that so clearly identified and communicated? I mean, that was part of the onboarding process with a new client was here's when, how, and why you can contact me. <laughs> you know, it was a very clear time boundary and it was also an intellectual boundary in some sense because it allowed them to know uh you know what what was on the table and what was not so i i just i'm kind of amused at myself at times because like you said you created them for your clientele but maybe some of them have drifted or faded or you know they're now in the ether (laughs) and and you got to go back and revisit them because otherwise hey that's something that you that you're missing out on you know you're missing out on some joy of life because people are trotting on boundaries that you'd forgotten that you that you wanted to set or or i hadn't set so we've got three definitions david that you presented for me and that i really like there's healthy boundaries those are clear boundaries and those are ones that we enforce and did i spelled enforce wrong thank you for not correcting it did i wasn't it's okay you can Okay, I'm, I'm going to fix it right constant, now. Okay. He's doing. He's constantly go. fixing my spelling, which is fine. That's a boundary he may. He I may try not to do it on. while you're actually looking at the doc, though. <laughs> but at least I looked at it and realized it was misspelled. Okay, so <laughs> healthy boundaries. We digress. Healthy boundaries are clear and enforced. It starts with an E. It then does. there are porous boundaries, and those are ones that aren't clear or aren't enforced. So somebody may know what they are and they tromp all over them anyway, and you don't do anything about it. And then there are rigid and rigid boundaries, which are strict and there's no flexibility no matter what's going on. And I don't know, we got to talk about that one. Yeah, we can, we can talk about that one in more detail, but I, I love the idea of breaking these in. And by the way, these are the, these are three categories that Nedra Tawab mentions. And those, she, if you did not hear 158 is the author of a fantastic book that I've, I'm, I'm not even that far into it, Dana. I'm listening to the audiobook, but it's, it's called Set Boundaries, Find Peace. And it's a great treatment of this topic, and I'm really enjoying it. But th- those are those are her three types or varieties of boundaries: you're healthy, porous, and rigid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I have so David, since I started the notes, I've, I've got some down here, and yeah, we can just it. run through a few of them, and then you welcome to add. So healthy boundaries, clear and enforced, or for clients, I have them. Um, I don't work nights and weekends. I used to, don't anymore. Um, 
<laughs> I don't do meetings with a lot of process and no action. So I'm not going to serve on a board of director directors. And for my family, it's not okay to leave your stuff around for me to clean up. That mm. was more when our daughter was living at home and that was an issue. It's not with Scott, but I just put that. No one gets to shoot on me. Oh, good for you. Yeah, no, and no snarky comments. If there's oh, snarky oh. comments, you know, nit, you know, little swipes, I'm, I'll push back fast. Um, oh, I don't that, do that, dishes after 8 p.m. I feel like I violate this no snarky comments. No, you don't, because there's a difference between fun um, teasing and really passive-aggressive snarky. Okay, so I think what I'm hearing you say is that if someone needs to communicate something to you, that it needs to be communicated to you in some other way than a snarky comment. Whereas yes. if it's just somebody having a good time and there's witty banter going back and forth, the snark is fun. Right, as long as it's it's not witty banter that's really at my expense. And we you don't do that. You don't. You know, no, and no. I, it's a fine line. I don't even know how to describe it. No, but you just did well. I think you described it well. You at least you at least let me know that there was there was a line in there, and that I should have some awareness that if if what I'm saying could be interpreted as at your expense, then that's I on me. <laughs> don't think that you would do that. It's this is more for family members. Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. Um, but I'm 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 just trying to process. Okay. The the healthy. I like it, and I think okay. I think it's interesting to hear you. You're not trying to articulate these to me right now, so I'm not actually taking them as, "Hey, David, here's." The yeah, thing. this isn't about right. you, David. Imagine that. It's, <laughs> see there. <laughs> Ouch! That was a snarky was that comment. A snarky Dana? comment? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. I, I think I throw more snarky comments at you than you do at me. At my <laughs> expense, no less. <laughs> the good thing is, I don't. That doesn't bother me at all. Well, it might, depending on the context and how much you really meant it. But anyway, go, go ahead. <laughs> And then a rule for me is that I don't make a commitment unless I'm uh, really almost certain I can keep it. Wow. Unless the shit hits the fan. Such a good boundary, Dan. And that one I didn't have for so many years. You know, I was just like in there with the rest of our ADHD tribe, just making all these promises and commitments and not following through. But that is who I choose to be now as a person that keeps my commitments. You know, I I have that intention many times, but I don't fully think the the I'm sure I can keep it part through. So like for me, for example, I might look at my calendar and know for sure if I already have a commitment at that time, that day and time. Mm -hmm. And I won't make the commitment unless I'm sure that there isn't a conflict. But that's only one type of conflict. <laughs> Yeah, there's get being able to get stuff done. Do I have before. the capacity for yeah, that? It's eh, a capacity issue. Eh, who knows? You're getting better. I you am. are. No, it's true. You it's are. true. But it, you're but it's like on it. I like. But that's what I'm thinking about when you're when you're stating that boundary. That's a boundary to yourself. It's for yourself. You don't make that commitment unless you're sure you can keep it. That is one that I'm like. Well, I'm not prepared to make that a true boundary for myself yet because I know I have work to do to get to the place where I can yeah. answer. Can I keep it or not? Excellent right? point. Excellent point. But that's that gives me it also gives me a target to shoot for. Like I'd love to be able to say I'm capable of imp of putting that boundary in place for myself and protecting that boundary. And I believe I know it the cockles of my heart that someday you will get there. I will. I will. And you know, yeah. you keep working with me, Dana. We'll get there. <laughs> we're, we're, we're on it, David. So, what are some of healthy boundaries that you have? Boundaries that are clear and enforced. 
Yeah. You said um, some of them for your clients. I did. Yeah. And that's true. It's still, it's still the case uh, with respect to text messaging, for example, if, if, if someone is, is trying to contact me, I think for me, one of the things that I am doing now, I mean, I'm still in the process. I haven't been running around stating these boundaries to anyone yet, Dana, but I'm still in the process of thinking through time boundaries that affect my sleep. So there are, I, 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 if I get an invitation to be a part of something that's late at night, I want to do it. I, I'll be like, oh my gosh, yes. But right now I'm in a job situation where, you know, I have to be awake at six something in the morning to be at work on time. And I have just learned I am now no longer capable of being out late at night and still getting up in the morning because it destroys my productivity and my joie de vivre. Yeah. And that this is temporary. So, okay. Yeah. But that's a, but that, so I am, that's I have been a, erecting boundaries around that. And I haven't gone and said, Hey, don't invite me to things. Cause like, go ahead invite me. But, but I will say absolutely no, I'm sorry. That doesn't work for me. I can't do that because I have to be up early in the, the following morning. Good. Good. And that's a self-care, self-preservation, self-protection mechanism. And it seems kind of obvious, I guess, when I, when I say it out loud, it's like, well, of course, David, why wouldn't you have done that before? Because I didn't think I was worth protecting before. Oh, David, you're so I mean, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be like, make this about I me. I know. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I think a lot of us oh, struggle with that. Like, th- like, okay, here's a lesson, dear listener. You deserve to have people help you take care of yourself by following those boundaries, by respecting the boundaries that you erect around your self-care and preservation. You deserve that. So I think that's important, David, and I'm glad that you're realizing that and stating that for yourself and for everybody, because I agree. I also think for me, invitations, it's a FOMO. It's a fear of missing out. It's, It's oh, I want to do it. I want to do it. I want to do it. And I know if I do something like that, that I'm going to be toast the next day. And sometimes you make the decision, oh, I'll be toast the next day. Exactly. And that's fine if you're making that decision with some awareness. It's like informed mm-hmm. consent. Right. right? Like you've, right. you've consented to it, but you have already counted the costs and you know you're going to suffer in some way the next day for whatever. And, uh, and, and, I, and I like that. I like that. And that's, I think, where healthy boundaries have some flexibility at times mm-hmm. because we don't want porous boundaries where people just trod all over you. And... In some cases, we need rigid boundaries. There are places, and particularly if you, let's say, dear listener, are dealing with a history of trauma or other things that trigger you in powerful ways, you might need some boundaries that are absolutely inflexible in your life. I have a rigid one. Nobody's allowed to hit me. Oh, that's a great boundary, Dana. That one needs, And that one needs to be rigid. If someone hits me, I'm out of there. Good for you. Absolutely. Well, and I I would hope that many of us have the same one. Fair enough. I mean, absolutely. That's a that's a boundary that doesn't doesn't get crossed in 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 hopefully, hopefully, yeah. Hopefully your life, dear listener. But um, but maybe maybe not all of us are there. Maybe for some of us that is still a porous boundary. And what is that what is that doing for you? How's that working for you? Yeah. Didn't mean to make it all that serious, but that's the difference. Like some, some of our boundaries are porous and porous in an unhealthy way. 
You know, we 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 say you're not permitted to do X, Y, or Z, but then when they do it, there's no response on our part except for frustration or an emotional yeah. reaction. Right. And then that's not healthy. That's not healthy relationship involvement. Right. So do you have any other healthy boundaries you want to share? I know I gave a lot of mine. I, I have... I have begun this, this, this process started for a few years ago for me and I, and I didn't immediately state it clearly, but it has become something that I am doing more of with my family. I have an intellectual boundary. If we're spending time together, we're not talking about politics. That's good. I, I, I am not willing to waste my time, my precious time that I have with you. Relating to you as my family member, I want you in my life as my family member. I want us to have a relationship, but I'm not going to waste it on something that's going to frustrate both of us. And therefore, that is not a topic that I'm willing to engage in. And if it's going to be the topic of the day, then I will politely excuse myself and you can invite me back when we're going to talk about something different. That's excellent. That's excellent. Is that just with family? Can it's, we talk politics? Yeah, it's primarily with family. I, okay. I don't mind talking about politics with people who are... I agree with you. No, it's not just that. I'm kidding. Dana. I know. It's, I was being a snot. Um, no, but, uh, people who can reasonably dis- discuss it. People who can handle nuance and people with whom we're not going to have a shouting match if we don't agree. And And I'm not inclined to have a shouting match, but my family has deeply held beliefs at times that it's price of admission kind of stuff with them. And, and you know what? Here's the price of admission. I'm not paying that price. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like we've, we've, we've got the, we, this is not a place where we're going to, we're, we're going to have healthy conversation and relationship. So I can do that with Excellent. many people talk politics. Excellent. Not with my friends. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Okay. And that's a healthy boundary. Yeah, it is. And it, and it's one that you got to bring up in, and refresh in your mind when it's holiday time, mm-hmm. when there are family gatherings of various mm-hmm. kinds or whatever. And it's like, you know what? No, not willing to do that. And, I, and that's not one that I'm going to call them ahead of time and say, hey, look, here's the deal. But I will say if the conversation starts to head that way, I'll just pipe up and say, listen, this is not OK for me. And I'm going to bow out and yeah. you know, we can change the topic and I'll stick around. But if we're going to if we're going to do this, this is not one I'm going to be involved in. That's a great one. That's really good. That's really good. Well, thank you, Dana. So porous boundaries, David. They're not clear and they're not enforced. Yeah. Okay. And so I had some that were, oh my gosh, one of them influences the podcast actually. Oh, does it? Oops. Uh Uh-oh. That my client work and my success club projects have to come first before doing the free stuff, before doing the podcasts and telesummits and blogs, which you would support totally but i th- often throw over my own projects for my for the especially the success club mm. because i have a deadline and yeah. the success club right now that deadline's not recreating the new modules isn't until september and podcast i mean that's every week every week boom sure yeah yeah so yeah, great, i right great boundary but also i see why it's porous <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I hadn't even thought it through, but I've just been frustrated. Oh my gosh, my stuff keeps getting moved forward, forward, forward on my list, and this other stuff gets done, and da 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 da. Oh no, Dana, step back. You hadn't clarified it. No, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. 
So sorry, Dana, that's that's on you. Um, you know. I know it is. It is. That was not thinking. snark, by the way. No, it wasn't. No, you're right. It is on me. Because I know, David, if I say something like that, you're going to say, well, of course. You know, you actually, so this brings up a moment where I can, where I can say something. You articulated to me a boundary. Um, and it's, and it's one that you, you, you articulated it pretty strongly. I was missing commitments kind of regularly with respect to the podcast. Yeah. And you, and you had this conversation with me that was very healthy and it was along the lines of, listen, I'm enjoying working on this with you, but I no longer have the capacity in my life to work with people who don't do what they say. And it was like, you know what? I don't blame you. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah, I respect that. And so that puts the decision back in my lap. You know, do we want to do this or not? You know, and there were there were, and, and I know that you've also had grace at times when it needed when there needed to be some flexibility there because, you know, but there have been other times where it's just like, no, I got to get my stuff done. Right. And show up prepared, you know. Yeah. And what I think is interesting, David, is I don't have that with my friends mm. and some of my family. So they can make commitments to me and back out. Yeah. And I get resentful. I get hurt. I get, you know, a lot of emotions start coming up and I don't ever say anything. And so that's more of a porous boundary. That's a porous one that I've realized by thank you for bringing this topic up because I realized, no, this is one that I, that really eats a lot of my energy. Doesn't it though? You know what that feels like. And maybe you, dear (sighs) listener, maybe you know what we're saying, right? There's that. Yeah, you know, and that is a sense, that's a sign to you that there is something that you get to decide here. Do you Mm -hmm. respond to that or not? And by the way, not responding is a choice. (laughs) It's not, you know, not deciding is a decision. If you tolerate it, what you are saying to others is you're not important enough. Yeah. For that to matter. And you're saying it to yourself, unfortunately, and I hate to just be the bearer of bad news, but this is something I've had to realize. I'm also saying to myself, I'm just not as important as they are. Right. I'm not as important. What I need isn't important. And a lot of that, us have got, I know I had that message from the time I'm from a little girl up until I was an adult. What you need isn't important. And so as you, that we have to push back on that. We do. Um Another one that I am really enforcing stronger is that I don't nurture personal relationships with energy vampires or toxic people. Actually, I don't do business relationships with them either. And none of my clients are energy vampires or toxic people. But I am in such a giving profession. You know, I am on for people to tell me their their problems and solve their problems all day. And outside of when I step out of the office, I realize I I am not able to do that anymore. I don't have time because a lot of people I in my social circle, I would I was saying friends with air quotes, they mm-hmm. they do that because they know, oh, Dana's a great listener. She always has good ideas, da 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 da. And I'm just realized, no, I I'm not willing to do that anymore. Good for you. Good for you. And at least they need to ask you first, like, hey, I've got a thing going yeah. on and I would love to share it but it it you know it's one of these kind of I need to borrow you for a therapy session and then you at least get to decide then if they ask you like hey no no exactly I'm not in that space. 
And yeah. what I've realized is often they want to just talk about it and vent, but they don't want to do anything about it. Yeah. I've and also I don't work with people. At clients, I won't work with people that are like that. No, so you're going to hear the same story. Why would I have a friend story. that does that? Yeah, yeah, for 10 years in a row and they've never done anything different. Well, then I call those people assholes. <laughs> they're, they're people who can it. ask you for advice and then never take it. They're just an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> So, I'm writing that one down. Yeah, yeah, too. you can have that one. Yeah, especially true when because I'm the family tech support person, right? So then people oh, yeah. ask me for technical advice, and I give it, and then they still have problems, and then yeah, no, you're an asshole. I'm sorry, I don't, I don't continue to give out technical <laughs> technical advice. But I also have noticed you talked about like people who are energy vampires or maybe even toxic. One of the things I've noticed is that sometimes the people. And I'm not talking about this for your benefit, Dana. You, you you know what a toxic person is. But sometimes the person on the other end is not toxic, but the combination of us together is toxic. The dynamic. Mm. Like, you know, you talk about chemistry in a friendship or even in like a romantic setting. There's chemistry and you're like, wow. You know, well, some you know, chemistry is not always good. Sometimes, you know, nitro meets glycerin and explosions happen. Yeah. Right. And nitro by itself is great. And glycerin by itself is great. But you just can't mix them. And so sometimes that's a that's a thing. Like if I notice a dynamic with someone that's draining me, sorry, this ain't working. And and I don't have to turn that into the story that they're toxic. I can turn that into the story that, you know what? When we mix, there aren't good results. You're such a better person than I am, David. Can <laughs> I be like you when I grow up? You crack you, me you up. You are. No, you're just so kind. And I just... Oh, I, I admire <laughs> you and your kindness so much. <laughs> you crack me up. You crack me up. So, yeah. So those are those are those are what porous boundaries look like when we're not. If, okay, rigid. Them. We talked about no one can hit me. What? Give me some other. I hadn't thought about the rigid ones that much before we started. Yeah, so. I don't. I don't tolerate disrespect of any kind. But, I mean, okay. If you're take, if you're taking a swing at me, that's pretty disrespectful. But I just don't. No, I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't tolerate disrespect. Now, of course, maybe that's a health. Maybe there's a version of that that's a healthy boundary and not a rigid one, in the way that rigid could be perceived as not healthy. But, but yeah, that's one where I'm sorry. That's just not. I'm not. I've been disrespected enough in my life. I've disrespected myself enough in my life. I'm not. And and of course, now people need to understand too. I mean, this this gets into an area where maybe we have to help people understand how we perceive their actions or words. Sometimes we get, we take disrespect away from an interaction when there was no disrespect mm -hmm. intended or even felt on the part of the other person. So this gets into like real relationship dynamics that go far beyond the scope of this episode. But I think blatant disrespect, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, good. Good, that is a good one. There's got to be more in there. So oh, yeah. but the thing is, we don't want rigid, strict, no, not unflexible, inflexible boundaries unless it's necessary. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't think we're going through life having to set a lot of those. Most of us. And like I said, right. some people have come through a lot of trauma or really, really intense experiences. And maybe those kinds of folks need to put a little more energy into 
flexible so, boundaries. But so if I were to say a rigid boundary is none of my friends are ever allowed to ask me for advice or tell me about their problems. I mean, that is a rigid boundary and I'm not going to do that. And I, I don't say that. It's just people that that's all they want from the relationship. Yeah. That there's, that they're, I'm giving more than I'm getting over and over in a relationship. Um, yeah. You know, so so I think I hope that that makes it clear. It, yeah, and 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 then Dana, this gets into a moment where we get to practice a little bit, right? Oh, yay. maybe maybe somebody ha- has is you're you're well into an evening over a glass of wine, and and you're with a friend, and then they they want to launch into their thing where they're asking you for advice, and that's a moment where you don't have to have already erected the boundary. You can just pipe up and say, you know what, this is a moment where. I'm going to need to ask us to change the subject. Yeah. And that's a a nice way to say it. What I probably would say, you know, I solve people's problems all day long, and I really don't want to do that outside of work hours. Fair enough. Man, I hear that. And that's great. That's, first of all, it's clear. It's direct. Maybe what I said was slightly more indirect, but maybe not. I mean, if it's like, hey. I think it depends if you want to give reasons or not. Well, I, I like to give a touch of a reason when I set a boundary. That's good. Because I think it's easier for people to buy, and maybe that's just my cop-out to make it easier for me to set a boundary. I don't know. Maybe so. I, I think that it depends on the situation, but I, I think also it depends on whether you want to have that conversation. I don't. There are times when I just put a boundary up and I'm not explaining. And, you know, this is one of the things I've had to even adjust my own opinion on I don't owe everybody an explanation. I know you don't. And and um, that's something that I'm not brave enough to do yet. I'm not always brave enough to do it, Dana, but there okay. are times when I have done it and I have, man, it, 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 I have this, this dual emotional reaction to it on, on the one hand, when I hear myself do it, I'm like, Hey, nicely done. And on mm-hmm. the other hand, I'm like, ew. and there's like wow will they ever speak to me again you know (laughs) and And, you know and there's that trepidation or whatever but here's here's the thing if there are people that do respect you as we've already said right those are going to be people that are going to listen and maybe they'll push you and be like well why and then i get a choice i get to say you know what i want to have that conversation or i don't i think with healthy people you can give them reasons So in coaching school, the way we were taught to enforce boundaries was a three, is it three parts? You can't, you count while I say it. So it's when you do such and such, I feel such and such. So please do not do such and such. Love it. That's three parts. Yes. It is three parts. And that's so great because you, you give them clarity on what it was they did. You give them clarity on how it, what kind of reaction it, it caused in you, which which they're not responsible for your reaction. That's just you're not. In other words, you're not you're not making them to blame for your reaction. You're simply letting them know that when this happens and you do that, this is how it affects me. And yeah. And again, I mean that you you can load your your tone of voice and body language and other things with blame in that moment, or you can lo- like unload it. (laughs) And I prefer to unload it when I can, because I'm not trying to blame them. But at the same time, if you're going to the length of saying, when you do X, Y, Z, it makes me feel ABC, 
then you're you're giving them enough of a reason, and then you're making a very clear request. Don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, for example, the thing I said earlier, it, if I don't do dishes after eight o'clock at night, I'm done. By eight o'clock at night, I am done. And sometimes dinner happens later because Scott doesn't get around to cooking, whatever. And so my thing is, you know, when dinner is later than eight, I am exhausted and I don't have one more ounce of energy to give into this kitchen or household. And so if you want me to do the dishes, we've got to finish dinner by 745. Yep. I uh, I used to have a, a, a boundary back in my marriage, which was we don't have any serious conversation after eight o'clock at night. Oh, that's good. Because I'm exhausted emotionally, mentally, and otherwise. And it, when I'm exhausted, I don't handle those well. And so I'm not going to show up as the person that needs to have that that serious conversation. I'm going to make stupid mistakes. I'm not going to hear you. I'm not going to, you know, and that then that was a clear boundary, you know, and that uh, that we agreed upon. Actually, that was really good. It was helpful. Yeah, that's great. That's, you know, one of ours that we've always lived by is you cannot bring up grievances that have happened in the past if something bothers you you need to bring it up right then you can't dredge well three weeks ago you or five years ago you da 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 and that was one we set when we first got married and it's worked for 38 years congratulations god help us so so dana but let's say that let's say just hypothetically scott cooks dinner late and then ex- is expecting you to d- do the dishes that night and then also says, oh, and by the way, Dana, you know, two weeks ago, you blah, 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 blah. What do you do in that moment? Not that this would ever happen because I know Scott wouldn't do that to you. But, he would, but like, he's a very lovely man. Yeah, this is a this is a, what do we do to, in, to enforce the boundary when we've already said it clearly? Okay, so the dishes would be that might be more porous. So that might, I would take a moment to consider what's going on in his world. Oh, okay. Fair enough. You know, if he's got just gotten called out for search and rescue, something's happened and something's up, I will would probably do the dishes. That doesn't happen often, but I would do it. But kind? the bringing up old stuff, yeah. that one would, that is rigid. And that one is, maybe if that, if you needed to talk about that beef that needed to happen, then it's no fair bringing up stuff now yeah. that I've done in the past. If, if next time I do it, why don't we talk about it? Fair enough. So you would acknowledge also remind of the boundary because the boundary is yeah. you need to talk about it, you know, when it happens and then give a way forward. You just gave a nice way forward, a clear way yeah. forward. Right. Cause I'm not going to say, well, I'm never going to do that again. I don't want to build the resentment, but I'm saying, right. you know, we've, we've got rules here and we don't, we don't sling old hash and it's, um, I just made that up. That's pretty good. Right. We don't sling old <laughs> hash. And like, if dang, you know, next, next time that happens, we'll talk about it, but you just can't bring up old stuff from the past. Yeah. How do you feel? Maybe not with Scott, because uh, the, the, a marriage or, or a personal romantic you know, partnership, that dynamic is going to be different. But, but like a friend just tromps all over your boundary. They say, they start to get, you know, seek your advice. You say, "Hey, I do this all day. I don't want. I don't want that now in this setting." But then they proceed. How do you? I, how do you react? I am not good at this, and I am determined to get better at it. And 
going forward, I really am going to work at, no, I said, I'm not going to do such and such. And what I have done, though, is I am very willing to let people go. I've let friends go. I've got a friend now who doesn't keep commitments. You know, the family joke is she asked me to do something. We set up something and 95% of the time she backs out at the last minute for a better deal. And I'm, we've been friends for ah, 10 years and I'm letting her go because wow. I, I just don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. And yeah. I've given it a lot of chances. You and she did. argues. She says, oh, I always have a reason. Well, sorry. Okay. Yeah. I don't have space for that. I just don't have space for that. I don't have that. space for that. That's good. Yeah. yeah. And you having a valid reason wasn't part of the boundary. <laughs> like right. you keeping your commitment was what the boundary was about. Whether right. you had and of course, I mean, people have emergencies you know, or whatever. Once every once in a while, sure, that happens. But when I make an a date with this girlfriend and my family laughs and starts making jokes about it because oh, you think that's gonna happen? You know, that's that's when you start to step back and look at that. Yeah. Well, I think that we could probably talk about this for a long time, but I think the we core could. of what we're saying is coming through. We have to have some clarity. We need to be able to articulate our boundaries clearly, and we need to be healthy in our approach, which is that that means that we enforce them, we protect them, we do speak up when people want to cross the boundaries, and that this isn't something that you're going to do instantly. Mm-mm. This is something that that is gonna take some energy. And Dana, I just saw you type it in. That's my favorite. That is, it's it's how I opened the podcast today. That is my favorite line. That, that doesn't, doesn't work, work for, me. for me. Yeah, <laughs> I heard someone say it years ago in a business setting, and I was like, "What a brilliant statement!" Because they didn't they didn't offer any reason, right? It didn't open a conversation to debate, so somebody could sell you and get in salesmanship mode and like persuade you. Nope. That doesn't work for me. I like that. So I, yeah. And I think maybe that for me, I'm going to be, I still want to give a reason because that's kind of who I am. But I think if they push, that becomes it. That doesn't work for me. Yeah. Yeah. And you can find, you find that some people can be trusted with reasons. Right. Because they're not going to try to twist them and and persuade. Other people have demonstrated that if you give them a reason that they're going to try to turn it into a, you know. And you know what? I don't want people in my inner circle that do that. I don't I've, either. I've worked really hard at not allowing them in, and sometimes they sneak in, and I just don't want those people in my world. Yeah, and keep in mind, dear listener, you have ADHD. I assume that's why you're listening to this, right? So if you're listening and you have ADHD, Maybe you just think we're cute. You have enough. You have enough in your life going on to derail you. It is okay for you to weed your garden <laughs> and get rid of people or circumstances or situations or events that also derail you. And you're worth that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing for me behind that people need to keep commitments. Because when there's a commitment, I am, you know, it's hard for me to to make it and to plan life and do all this around it. And then when they pull it at the last minute, then everything falls apart for me. Yeah, you've made a huge investment already that they don't, right. maybe they're neurotypical and it doesn't take all they the are. energy. And yeah. they don't even know it. And they don't yeah. understand what they've done. Right, right, right. right. See, this anyway. is how you train people how to teach, or you teach people how to treat you, is what I was trying yeah. to say. Yeah, exactly, done. exactly. Beautiful. All right, David, I think we've used up our time. There's no squirrel of the week. 
um, or listener mail, but I think this was a valuable a valuable, valuable um, discussion. And listeners, we'd love to hear from you. What boundaries do you have a hard time enforcing? What works for you? Just shoot us a voice recording or an email at hello at kicksomeadhd.com and David will answer it. Yes, I will. <laughs> and you, may, you might <laughs> and you find mean. it. It gets read on the show or played. Exactly. Yeah. All right, everybody. Have a great week. Thanks for being here today. And let's all go kick some ADHD. Bam! So what do you think? Is Kick Some ADHD making a difference in your life? If so, join the movement. Help Dana and me help more people. Just share Kick Some ADHD with your people and leave a rating and review in your podcast app. It does help us spread the word that living with ADHD doesn't have to be so hard.